as if I played piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger not to embark. The world's a stage and everybody's got to play their part. God works in mysterious ways, so when he starts the job of speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here, no drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my Glock away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, then everybody let me hear you say, oh, yayer. 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 Well, <laughs> continue podcast episode 54. The R oh, makes it rhyme. Oh, yayer. That is how my... That's how my child now says, oh, yeah, oh, good. all the time. <laughs> and I don't think it's because we listen to Outcast regularly. She just, like, it's always like, hey, do you want a cheesy egg for dinner tonight? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Lyra, do you want to wear your tutu out in public today? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello. And this is a show that is your fault if you're listening <laughs> to this. Uh, it is primarily about video games and other things, and I host it with two other people who are wonderful hosts. We have Susan Art. I bought a new mattress. Whoa! Yeah. All right. So is it a is it a crazy mattress or is it a traditional mattress? And like, are there numbers involved? <laughs> there are not numbers. Number? No. It's a hybrid mattress. Okay, so, so, so you get like 60 miles to the gallon on that thing? Exactly, yeah. Like, it's real good, but you got to like charge it at specific... Th- no, it's uh, like gel and foam, and it was uh, a lot of goddamn money. But let me tell you something. Yeah? Nothing makes you realize the crappy mattress you were sleeping on, mm-hmm. like sleeping on a good one. Yeah, you you've you've Holy you've seen crap. the light. You yeah. sp- is it like, amazing? Oh. You spend a third of your life on this thing. Uh, uh, yeah, spend some money on it. I know, I know, it's true, it's true. <laughs> and that's why Continue Podcast is brought to you, everybody, by Agnello Brand. Find a mattress in a dumpster and fill it with dead leaves. Brand mattress. <laughs> no, no because- Casper on this podcast. <laughs> this isn't Casper. This isn't one of those you get the memory foam in the tiny box and it expands. And it goes, I want you to, I want you to go out. No I want you to find code. a soiled old box that has like stains on it that you think like could look like, like it's not even like a Jesus stain. It's more like why does that look like the guy who played Ernest in Ernest Scared Stupid? And I want you to fill it with dead leaves. I was going to go uh, with the guy from Sanford and Son, but okay. I would like that too. Like Red Fox? <laughs> no, no, no. The, replica Red <laughs> No, his, 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 his friend, his best friend. Uh, have you guys ever had like, a truly awful mattress? Like like something yes. that is like hateful? Yeah. All right. Yours, Susan. What, when, what was your hate mattress? How did you encounter it? Where was it? Okay. So there was a, a, a cabin that we... Uh, my family would rent every summer up in the Pocono Mountains, and we would go there. And this, so this was a twin bed because I was a child. I'm still not entirely sure how this worked, but it sloped. Oh, no. So if you attempted to just sleep in it, 
you would roll inevitably roll off it in the middle of the night. So what you had to do is you had to cram yourself up against the wall. Like I had oh, to, God. like you, like I was in prison. And that was the only way I would not, because it it was like yeah, it was you were literally falling out of it. Yep. Yeah, a slope is bad. Yep. So the the like soil filled with dead leaves thing is actually related to a real experience I had. Of course it is. Naturally, <laughs> no teeth in this uh, one. I hope. <laughs> in, in the in, shortly before we got married, Kate uh, was like, you know, do you, like so. Summer of 2012 is now when we move in to, with each other because her lease still had some time on it. Mine was running out, and I was like, yes, now is the time that we move in together. And she's like, wow, you really jumped at that. And I was like, yeah, because we could get rid of your bed. We could, <laughs> we could get rid of your bed. And she's like, what's wrong with my bed? I was like, well, first of all, I'm gonna set it on fire the moment. You leave this domicile. Uh, it felt it wasn't just dead leaves. You know when you like go to like a shitty county fair, like none of this state fair or like an actual theme park, like a county fair. Yeah. And you're you're at the balloon popping stand yeah. where you throw darts at pop balloons. Mm-hmm. You get the stuffed animal. And it's not like a good stuffed animal. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. I get it in your head where you're like. You're hugging, like, an off-brand Stewie Griffin that, like, <laughs> one of its eyes is lopsided. And it, it's not quite as hard as styrofoam, but it might as well be. And yes. it smells kind of funny? That Yeah, it smells kind of funny. It like, smells like somebody poured Snapple in it and then left it outside. <laughs> it Like, that was Kate's bed. That's what it was like. And it's the worst bed. And, like, the weird thing is, is it's almost... This propensity for terrible beds seems to be like pan my my in-laws family. Like I've gone to her childhood home and then slept on her childhood bed and be like, this is just as bad. Like this is this is child abuse. Um, not right. Not talking about beds on the show today is Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Uh, can I can I have a quick yakuza minute? Yeah, dude. Yak is a Yak is a minute. Yak is a JRPG. You're damn right. And it I'm is. here for it. So, you did you see the the reveal for this, Susan? No, I did not. Okay, so they revealed it. It was like late at night because it, it was like in the morning over in Japan, and like gifts and videos were starting to come out for it. And yeah, like the director comes out with this like freaking snakeskin jacket or whatever that guy wears. Uh, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm like, I, like, I've been playing a hell of a lot of Dragon Quest lately, and, uh, I thought we should make Yakuza JRPG, so now it's a turn-based JRPG. I, I like, okay. they revealed it at April Fool's. Yeah, yeah. They, they like, revealed it before. It and was they an were April like, Fool's video. Around. They're like, hey, look, wouldn't it be funny if Yakuza was a turn-based... Ha ha. RPG, yep. and now it is. I'm into it. I'm super I, so, into it. But uh, D- Dave, did you see the translations, Susan? There, like it shows like a battle, mm-hmm. and you're lined up like on one side, and you see the. It almost looks like Persona esque mm-hmm. in terms of like the battle view, but you know, your dudes in fancy suits on the Tokyo street, and all of the names of your enemies are in you know uh, Japanese, and apparently if you translate them into English. All the names are almost like old school RPG, like like 1980s, 1990s JRPG versions, 
of what you would call like Yakuza guys. So there's like a big beefy enemy, and it's just like large mountain man, evil pyramid. Like, like yes, yes, yeah. It, it I don't know. Like it will be interesting to see what the reaction is to that game because I don't like the game is practically a JRPG already. It is in, a JRPG. In structure, you just it's hit it's buttons. It's just a JRPG. To, yeah. So now, yeah. now they just went full, full JRPG. I'm into it. Yeah. Anyway. They just leaned yeah. way into it. They're like, yeah. you know what? We had a chicken running a bowling alley, <laughs> so why the shit not? Yeah. The one thing that I'm not into, apparently they're saying that it's like twice as long. I'm like, mm. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the story, The story is twice as long. And these games usually take... 50 hours. 50 hours, really? reasonably. Mm. And, but, like, the story, if you mainline these, mm-hmm. it's only about 35. With the exception of Yakuza 5, which takes... For, uh, forever. You have to take a correspondence course while you play the game. <laughs> but wait, so and are you saying then they're saying this is 70 hours if this you mainline? Is, this, yeah, also, this is saying, like, core can, story is 70 hours. Can we discuss my ability to mainline a story? Come on. I know. No. Yeah. Well, who can? Have, <laughs> yeah, true. Do you guys know anybody... That can like is like a true critical path player. That's just like I'm only in it for the story. I'm yeah, gonna mainline I do just that. because I know assholes who are like, if I start a game, I have to finish it, and I can't play the next one until I finish this one because the universe has rules that I must stick to, or else I am not a real gamer. <laughs> it's gamer law, everybody. You have to finish it. I like I am. It's funny. Yakuza is one of those series where I do have to. I, I can't play the next one until I have truly completed the story of the previous one. But even that, like, I can't... I'll sit there and I will say to myself, like, all right, well, now I'm just going to shotgun and I'm just going to do the story now. And it'll be like, but Kazuma Kiryu, there are homeless cats throughout this entire neighborhood. And you must start a cat cafe. And I'll be like, oh, you didn't... Come on, now I have to do find you, all do these you, cats. Hey, uh, Kazuma's adopted daughter... Uh, you need to do dance battles now. A lot, oh, a lot of them. And it's dance great. battle. <laughs> yeah, shit. Uh, Dave, how far are you in Judgment? Before uh, we uh, leave you, Yakuza. Chapter four? I'm All really, because right. I, I ended up having to drop it because uh, Control. Because of Control. Uh, well, because uh, of Fire Emblem and then Control. And I'm hoping to get back to it someday. Well, I just yeah. want to underline having to drop it. Having to drop it. Having to drop it. You I don't mean, do this for a living anymore. <laughs> no. But I, I don't know. But I wanted what? to be part of the discourse. Yeah. No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's. Actually, you guys are. Uh, hold on. This is not good for an audio format. I can show you guys what I've been playing all week. Okay. Uh, and you guys can actually sort of see it from this angle. Uh, that is. Can you see the screen? You see it on over there? It looks like a. Like a rabbit? Is that that's a- Mario Paint, dogs. Oh, oh nice. That's, nice! That's Mario Paint. Nice. Because my three-year-old, uh, the other day, she wanted to draw mm-hmm. out of watercolors, didn't want to draw with crayons, and I said, oh, come, come with me. And what this has turned into, though, is she, she's getting pretty good with the mouse, mm-hmm. but she's not great with the mouse, and so it's a lot of me taking dictation. Yeah. Uh, a lot of dictation. Like, the other day she demanded I make Mario and Luigi, so I drew, and we'll post this in the show notes, what I think is the most horrific drawing of Mario and Luigi in profile of all time. 
They're like, <laughs> you can only see them from the nose up. Nice. And they're, they're close enough to be kissing. And I like to, I like to leave it ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to know. Uh, and this this one is Pete the Cat and Grumpy Toad from the book series Pete the Cat holding hands. That's, yeah, Mario Payne. So okay, I'm, I'm into it. I love the, it. That's the discourse. It actually is slightly related to the discourse. Uh, we did want to talk a little bit about the Nintendo Direct and what's been going on in Nintendo Town because, like, the actual actual game season has started uh, again. Ga- the games are here, guys. Games are here. So it's happening. Game R. season. R. my wallet. Oh my god, I can't. This, guys, you got. You just got to pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, this. It'll this all fall, be on sale someday. It's true. It'll all be on sale. Just pick and choose. As far as I'm concerned, there are only two things that's like set in stone. There's the Link's Awakening remake. It'll be there. And Death Stranding. Death mm. Stranding, which Hideo Kojima said in an interview last week. I don't know what my game is. <laughs> Quote of the he year. Said a, he said it's a strand game, though. It's a strand. No, he said. Just even now. Stop it. Even now, I'm not sure what my game is. Hell, game of the year. Everybody <laughs> else just quit. It's fine. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, too much coming out. So I did want to tell you guys about one thing that I've been playing. Uh, I was going to talk to you about Astral Chain, Mm. which is the sort of first of the flood of Switch exclusives that are coming, actually published by Nintendo. Dave, I know you know about this game already. Susan, what do you know about Astral Chain? Anything? I I saw it. I saw the coverage of it from E3, and I went, meh. Right. Well, I saw the coverage coming out of E3 and sort of the the limited trailers that they released before that because this this was announced like this year this Mm. was not a long and coming thing and i i saw enough of the trailers and knew enough about who was making it at platinum Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna play this anyway it's it's just i'm gonna play i'm gonna play it regardless and i don't want to know anything about it and every single time somebody tried to describe it I just got more confused, and I was like, shut up, shut up. The English language is not going to help you. I'll just play this, stop it. I'll just play it, shut up. I don't... And I I kind of understand why people struggled to uh, explain it, and I've been thinking about this all day. I went for a run earlier today, and while I was running, I was like, how am I actually going to explain this on the podcast so that people will know what the hell I'm talking about? Premise. Just, it's very 80s, 90s anime. This is something that you would have taken off the shelf at Blockbuster in 1994. Well, it's the same artist as Video Girl Eye, right? Which is like a... No, really? Yeah, the character designer did all the art for Video oh, Girl Eye. Oh, man. So it's like a... a, a it's coming, really, uh, from yes. that legacy. It's actually It's 80s, actually 90s. a 90s anime. All right, see, it's it's truly... You're, you're, you're fighting in a... In 20XX, it's the like middle of 21st century. The world is largely uninhabitable except for an enormous, sprawling, man-made continent in the middle of the ocean because there are extra-dimensional demons coming in and you're a cop. I can't remember the last time I played a game where you played a cop that was like uh, an act- not a detective. Like, you're mm. an actual policeman and you're a good guy. There's no hard-boiledness like you wear blue... And it looks like you're in, like, the RoboCop cartoon, not actually RoboCop. I'll have you know Battlefield Hardline is a... <laughs> Battlefield... <laughs> <laughs> I want to 
want to be there at the executive meeting where they were like, we have to release it. Like, we can't just we can't just take the bath on this one, guys. Mm. We actually have to put it out. You guys could have canceled it. <laughs> we put it that way. So you're a cop, and because it's extra-dimensional demons, the cops have found a way to harness the extra-dimensional demons. They can chain them, if you will, and your character is naturally the best with using the entrapped demons. So it's a little Persona-y, it's a little JoJo's Bizarre adventure And so it's it looks like an action game, right? It's not. Mm -hmm. It's more like an action RPG. Okay. Because the combat is a lot chunkier than what you do in like Bayonetta. It's uh, because you're you're controlling yourself and this giant sort of Giver looking thing that is chained to you. Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean, you will have Mark Hamill on one hand. You, you are nice. Mark Hamill. Nice. And then Richard Dean Anderson is on a chain at the end. You have to control both of them at the exact same time. I would play that. It's, it, it, but like, that's, it's kind of of that era. Like, think Giver movie, but more neon. And you're controlling both of them at the same time. So you're doing, like, melee attacks as the cop. And you're doing that with the left stick. And then the right stick is whatever demon you have and you get different demons like you have one that has a sword you have one that's a dog you're allowed to ride the dog and then the rest of the time you're talking like you have to do investigations you'll you'll go into a neighborhood and people will be like we've been seeing a red ghost everywhere so you have to talk to it's it's not like a huge rpg town but you have to talk to some people and it's really cool uh i'm really impressed with Platinum that they put this out because at this point all Platinum games were starting to sort of bleed together mm. for me like yeah, you know I-, I love Metal Gear Rising and Bayonetta and Vanquish and all of those things but it's it sort of felt like it was always just like everything's crazy all the time we made Surge a character commercial. action game with combos <laughs> right like even Wonderful 101 like Wonderful 101 mm. was just like what if we did the same thing but it was cute and not really playable <laughs> Uh, so uh the fact that this is just like strange and slower and like like you spend a lot of time in police headquarters getting to know people like you go talk to all the other cops in the police headquarters there's a giant uh dog mascot lappy who teaches you how to do everything and yeah there's just a giant Mm -hmm. labrador costume there's, it's secretly a woman named Mary in the dog costume, but she is bending over backwards all the time to insist that she and Lappy are different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's really, really, really good. And I I I can't hold Dave. You're gonna play this eventually yeah. anyway. I don't have to sell you on it, Susan. I don't know if. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't think it's for you. No. Uh, no. I it's it's just the kind of action game that I don't think that you would love. I actually think you would enjoy the world. Uh, yeah. I think you would enjoy the the woman who dresses up in a dog mascot outfit well, but then I insists. Mean, what's not to love? Yeah, and like she re- she like she calls you on your phone and says it's an absolute emergency. You have to go down to the parking garage and then you get down there and she saved a cat. And she's like, 
They're gonna say the cat's infected with demon blood. You have to hide the cat. And then your twin brother comes downstairs and is like, what the fuck is happening? Is that a cat? I'm fucking confiscating this cat. But he's secretly taking care of the cat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is this is what video games should be. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Playing it, the thing that has been sort of driven home for me is every single time I talk to somebody who is not us uh, on this show about the Switch, like they're always like, oh man, you know, I love the Switch, but like, what's with all the ports, man? It's all ports oh, all God. the way down. No, it's not. Shut up. It's, it's really not. It's really not. Astral Chain is... <sighs> it... it I, Dave, I do you remember the night I started playing it? I texted Dave and was like, "This is the best Lost Dreamcast game that I think I've ever <laughs> yeah, played." Yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't understand why Nintendo gave Platinum money to make a new Dreamcast and game. They've been doing that a lot, like left and right, like Damon X yeah. Machina, that's coming out next week. Is like, what if we made Armored Core again? You remember Armored Core from like two thousand and one? What if we did that again? But like with cartoon but, people, but with cartoon people and and weird monsters and everything takes place in like the United Arab Emirates for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's the the Nintendo Direct and Astral Chain just drove home for me that Nintendo, against all odds, is investing very heavily in things that are truly unusual mm -hmm. and you know, playing Astro Chain I couldn't stop thinking about you know yes this could have come out five years ago but it would have been out on Steam only mm. and it would have been maybe a third of as good because the people making it would have had all the passion all the creative talent in the world but no budget for testing mm -hmm. and just no resources to get this out in the world in a truly polished way and Nintendo is just throwing cash at people who are going to make things that are super fascinating. Uh, how the hell is Deadly Premonition 2 a thing that exists at all? At all? Yeah. Why is that happening? Especially after, Think like, Swery kind of, like, he, like, not unceremoniously, but he left for health reasons. He left the studio that was yeah. making that game, or that made those games, started another studio... And, like, you just you think he's going to leave this behind? But no, he's the director. He's the director. And the, he's the scenario it. writer. Like, he's... They got him. And apparently it's a Switch exclusive? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, launch well, exclusive. Is it? Launch okay. exclusive. Yeah. Well, because the trailer says Nintendo Switch only. But, I mean, yeah. you know, I take all that with a grain of salt. Like, give I, don't a think any, I don't think any, uh, any claim of console exclusivity means anything anymore. I think the ship has finally sailed. At this point, unless unless because, you're like unless it's a Nintendo published game, right? Unless it's a Nintendo, unless it's like an internally made Nintendo game. By the way, did you see the? Uh, it's it's a it's a game exclusive in the UK. The physical edition that they're putting out no. of Deadly oh, Premonition Two. Oh my god! It mm. comes with six enamel pins, one mm. of which is of Swery. Oh, that's fantastic! That's it's really so cool. cool, Susan. I'm surprised. Like that, you are you a Deadly Premonition person? Did you play that game? I've never played it, and I'm so excited. I'm finally going to get to. I'm excited for you to play it. I think 
So I, I have been uh, obsessively reading the reviews of the re-release of One mm -hmm. for the Switch that came out directly after the Direct because I was like, if it works better, that's not good. You don't yeah. want this game to function properly. <laughs> uh, and apparently, like, the audio mix is still a mess. Uh, sometimes the audio just drops, and I was like, Mwah, perfect. It's still, <laughs> still, still deadly it. premonition. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I, I, if there's anybody listening that has read about this repeatedly, go in with eyes wide open. It is uh, stranger even than its reputation at this point. I kind of want that limited edition of two. Oh yeah, I'm, that. I really, need, mm -hmm, need it. That's that's trouble. Gotta that's have trouble. it. Yep. Trouble in paradise. <laughs> gonna gonna get it. Gonna not open it. Gonna stick it in a drawer. Gonna <laughs> just just chill on that. Just wait for somebody like you. Yeah, <laughs> somebody like me always comes along yep. inevitably. Uh, other other things. Yeah, every single uh, announcement from the direct felt astral chain adjacent like the fact that they're remaking famicom detective club uh that was on the which, japanese direct that and was on the japanese they're direct. not confirmed it's coming to english but oh what haven't they localized at this point yeah true anything is there anything unlocalized like official Switch? nintendo yeah i don't know yeah yeah it's a brave new era They'll just they'll just dump it on the eShop at this point. <laughs> Untranslated. Like, Untranslated. Do it. Get in there. That figure this out. It's oh, like a God, puzzle. They're, they're translating Moon. Are you guys familiar with Moon? I'm not, but I know it's from Onion Games, so I'm in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's from your people. Yeah. Uh, I would say I've been waiting to play this game for 20 years. It oh my is, God. Yeah, and like it it's one of those things. Where there's a, a halfway decent fan translation out there, you can play mm. this game in English, but there are people that say, you know, eh, maybe don't play the fan translation because it doesn't totally capture the spirit of the thing. Mm -hmm. Long, long, long before there was ever uh, an Undertale or a thousand indie RPGs about feelings, uh, the whole Onion Games crew put this out on the original PlayStation and... It, you are a kid who is playing Dragon Quest, essentially, and then you fall into your game, and you realize that the hero is a dick. Like, the hero is a, a sort of self-centered, basically just uses all the townspeople for their own ends, going into their homes, taking all their <laughs> stuff, their, their gold, shit. their items... And you're you have to play the game by being kind. It's very oh. Yeah. It's very old school onion games. It's very tulip, mm -hmm. uh, very chibi robo in that vein. And the fact that that's like no one played it when that came out. Like finding an original copy of Moon, you know, set you back two hundred dollars oh, in wow. nineteen ninety nine. Like oh it was impossible to find. And now it's getting a second life on Switch. I, I I know it's ridiculous for us to have yet another episode of this show where there's an entire segment based around being like, man, the Switch is crazy. Well, but I mean, that's... If that's what's happening, right? Like, yeah. all the Super Nintendo games that you could just... Oh, I'm sorry, did you want to play Super Mario World? Go right ahead. Did you want to play Link to the Past? Knock yourself out. You want to play Yoshi's Island? Go right ahead! Yeah. 
Yeah. And I've heard some response to the Direct this week of people being like, oh, it's like the Wii all over again. Oh, The Witcher is coming out. Oh, Overwatch is coming out. It's all of the big publishers, you know, trying to play catch up to take advantage of the sales. And I want to say to those people, I don't think you remember what being a Wii owner was actually yeah. like. Yeah. Because that shit didn't happen. You wrote letters to Nintendo on a daily basis to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Right. Before yeah. the next generation of consoles came out. And, oh, and, and then they, they, they tried to cram motion controls into oh. games like Call of Duty. Do you not remember this, people? It wasn't yeah. good. It was a nightmare. Yeah. And, like, whenever a major publisher would say, oh, let's try to convert one of our larger games, you'd get something like Dead Rising, chop till you drop. Oh, yeah. Which is a very old-fashioned sentence. Yeah. And wow. that's... Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. A terrible, awful downpour that wasn't even remotely like the real thing. I don't know. I, I'm i increasingly at a place where I'm thinking, like, do I really need other consoles? Yeah, I've been thinking that too. Like, other than Death Stranding <coughs> and, the, like, the Final Fantasy VII remake and Yakuza, right. like, I'm... Like, but... And I'll, other... Like, Death Stranding's probably coming to PC... Probably PC. is on PC. Mm. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, probably going to be on PC. Like, it's inevitable, right? Microsoft has already said they want to try and find a way to get Fantasy Star Online 2 uh, on all of the platforms that it's already available on in Japan, eventually. Which means that Switch version will come. Yeah. So, really, uh, it, yeah, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the secret biggest news of the Direct was the fact that Divinity uh, Original Sin 2, mm. a game that I don't really care about, like, I find Larian pretty interesting, but, like, their stories are good, and playing their games is just so tedious. Uh, but they were like, oh, there's cross-save with the Steam version, so if you play on PC, you can just get your save from Steam. Which, See, that's amazing. Yeah, if Switch is just letting you pull down your save... What if they let people get their PC saves from Witcher? It's possible now. Everything's crazy. It's beautiful. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is, is, we're talking about all these other games that are coming out. I still have a shitload of Astral Chain to play through. I still haven't finished Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. <laughs> I haven't even started Dragon Quest Builders 2. There's, it's too much. I gotta it's just, just too much. Through. It's just too freaking much. Yeah. Uh, luckily, though... Uh, everything I have been playing on Switch this year, with the exception of Fire Emblem, take that, fanboys. Um, <laughs> needless, just needless dig. Uh, just twisting yeah, the knife for just no a, reason. Just a needless dig. Uh, Get done. Everything I've been, yeah, everything is good. It's all good. Susan, motherfucker, you just you just spent a week playing shit. I did. Just I garbage. Did. It was just yeah. yeah, like like strike after strike. Strike after strike, and but I finally ended up on something I loved, so that's cool. Okay, this one pains me. Yeah. But Telling Lies is not a very good game. That's a heartbreaker. It is. Telling Lies, of course, the follow-up to Her Story by Sam Barlow. Uh, I will say what it is is masterful construction of a story. 
Mm-hmm. Like, once again, you are, it's the same general I- idea as her story in that you are going through video clips that are out of order and piecing together a narrative. And it's way bigger than her story is. And it's got several different characters in different locations, as opposed to her story, which was one person in a police interrogation. So it's just, it's, it's, her story is basically the proof of concept. And then this is the game. Uh, And it's amazing because despite the fact that you are just seeing bits and pieces of four or five different people's stories, uh, it, it, it makes sense. Like, you figure out what's going on relatively quickly. Mm. And the the investigation of, like, figuring out, like, oh, well, they that, this person mentioned that word. I should search for that word now is organic. And that it, it's an amazing way to discover a story. And the acting is great. And the directing is great and all that. There's no mystery. It is not a mystery. There is There is no swerve there's no secret what you think it is is exactly what it is and so like is it is there enough like of a story of world building as you're pouring through all the video footage that somebody would connect to it well yeah okay yes there the the problem i had with it is is the story is fairly mundane there's a, a, an FBI agent who's been working undercover for an extended period of time. So you learn about the case that he's been working on and how that is. Im- it's a drama is, yeah. is what it is and how that is impacting his, uh, his his wife and his daughter and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, that yes, if you look at it like a sort of straightforward drama visual novel that happens to have this really amazing way of engaging with it. Yeah. Yeah. It works on that level. I did not find the story to be interesting and mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a mystery. And well, so when it wasn't that crushed. The name like, the, the name is very misleading. Like just when you know what the when you know what the studio's history is. Yeah. And then you hear telling lies, you think that you are inherently going to be going well, in. And, like the whole point, the whole structure of the game is that you're this person like of essentially inv- like investigating after the fact this thing yeah. that happened. So you're automatically like put on edge because you're yeah. like and mm-hmm. I need to f- I need to figure this out. Mhm. But then if there's nothing to figure out, there 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 really isn't. There's you, you do have to you have to find the the narrative. You do. Yeah. And that takes uh you know, that takes investigation and that, you know, needs to follow a certain path and you need to and there are red herrings, there are things that, you know, that that don't go anywhere. Um and maybe I because I was pretty obsessive about her story, so maybe I just was too good at it, or I understand the way Sam Barlow thinks too well. Because mm-hmm. I, I like, I knew what was going on very fast, mm-hmm. and then I started looking, like waiting for the the twist, and it never came. I, I think that there's certainly part of that that is true. Like you were at least prepared mm-hmm. for what this was going to be. 
And you've had a lot of time to think about this. I think people might have forgotten, like, her story was five years ago. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Susan, been a minute. Susan's been waiting for this game for I a little have. bit. It's true. Let, let's just say iPad games were novel when this <laughs> when this came when this game came out. Yeah. Uh, so I can imagine that you're prepared for it, but the fact that I have not when her story came out, you couldn't escape it if you were like engaged in video games. Mm. If you're the person that was following video games, if you're reading about video games online, if you're talking to people on Twitter about video games, etc., her story was everywhere for like the intelligentsia yeah. of game fans. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone talking about telling lies at all. Well, In fact, when you were like, "I've been playing it," I was like, "Holy shit, it's out!" Yeah, like, that's well, and I happening. Think, I think the problem, it, like, it's just saturation, really, because like when her story came out, like not not that there weren't a lot of games, but that was like the only game of its type. But like, Susan, yeah. this weekend you played like three or four narrative games that each yep. would have had their own press cycle. Yeah, like 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 any of these games that you played w- probably would have like been heralded as like the next big thing. But now they just come out and disappear. Yeah. yeah, well, well, on that note, oh boy. let me tell you about Erica. <laughs> so, here's a fun fact. So, a uh, friend of mine who was in game development five years ago, again, five years ago, said, I want to show you a demo. Oh, no. Because you're a big, you, you are the mobile expert I know. I know no, nobody knows as much about mobile games as you do. I want to see if this piques your interest. And I had no idea. Like, he didn't tell me anything else. He just said, let me see if this piques your interest. And it was, it was Erica gameplay. And as soon, like, as soon as I started playing the game, I recognized the part of the demo that I had seen. Oh, no. Five years ago. Which, at the time, if this was a mobile game, would have been amazing. Like, yeah, groundbreaking, dramatic. Like, oh my god, yes. Give me an adventure game like this on mobile, and I will pay you $7 for it. Like, because mm-hmm. it's incredibly high-quality video, it's real people instead of, you know, rendered characters, and then you're interacting with the touchscreen. You are dragging to open a door. You are dragging to flick through the play- pages of a book. Now... Five years later, that's the blooms off that rose, children. It's like, okay, so this is how I'm interacting with this game. That's fine. I've already done that a bunch, but whatever. Let's see what else you got. You know what else Erica got? Nothing. Here's why. Okay, the story is fine. It's not great, but it's not (laughs) terrible. What's the scary part? What makes this game scary? Like, why is it supposed to be scary? It's, okay, so it starts off, uh, you're 10 years old, your dad is brutally murdered, you find the body, he's been, uh, an, an arcane symbol has been carved into his torso, completely opened it up. Uh, normal middle, middle class life. Totally, <laughs> totally, it's fine, don't worry about it. Uh, so then, then the game starts, you are uh, now an adult, and I'll come back to that, because that matters. And oh boy. You, yeah, you uh, open your the front door of your flat one day and someone has dropped off a box for you and you open it up and it's a severed hand holding this honking pendant. 
Honk and pendant. It's honk, it's like honk, and that thing's got to like Flavor Flav would have worn this at some point during Public Enemies, like Rise to Fame. It's enormous. So the police get involved, and they decide that the safest place you can be is the psych ward where your dad worked. No, no. <laughs> guys, oh, is the psych rap. ward scary? That's fi- it's that's actually a first not. draft, guys. Oh. It's a, it's actually not. But oh, okay. but I mean then then there's some other stuff that happens in whatever. Okay. So here's here's problem number 1. Mm-hmm. And I assume this is uh because they didn't know how to program around this. So, uh, much like a choose-your-own-adventure book, I mean, basically, so here's what'll happen. You'll be presented with a situation. Uh, you hear somebody making noise in the hallway outside your door. Do you open the door and, and confront them? Say, hey, keep it down. Do you open the door and help them? Hey, are you okay? Or do you just ignore it? And whatever choice you pick will lead to a scene, and then scenes play out, and that's how the story unfolds. Okay. And I guess they couldn't figure out how to make sure the emotions of scenes matched up. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So their solution is for her to be like a pithed frog and show none. Great. Her reaction to finding a dead body is the same as being asked not to walk on the carpet while someone's vacuuming. Literally. Did you get a, did you get a sense that this was made like all of the live action footage was made over a long period of time? Like is there any discernible No. Like, no, all right. No. Yeah, because no. there are there are projects where if you're working with live video, people go back two, three years down the line mm. and say we need to go back and reshoot something and that can cause this kind of problem. No, but... this is very clearly because it's, it is a very clearly a, a direction that the actress yeah. was given because in the few moments in the game where she is allowed to emote, she can, she can mm. actually act, but she's just got this bl- completely blank expression. She does not react to the, numerous horrific things that happen in the game just doesn't react well. Like, she walks in, she finds a dead body, and her reaction is, uh. Like, it's it's just non-existent. So she's the most useless, ineffective human on the planet. Cool. Just who I want to be as a protagonist in a game. Awesome. Then, alright. She has her own flat, so we have to assume she is an adult. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's like 21, 22, right? She's wearing an oversized sweater and oversized coat <laughs> so that the sleeves are hanging over her hands at all times. Does she like, is this like a big situation? Did she shrink? Like no, revert? it's just, I, I guess <laughs> my, my thinking is- Is she we're Benjamin supposed- buttoning? Right. My thinking is we're supposed to see her as as vulnerable. Oh, and great. Like, cool. people are, like, leading her by the hand, like, by the arm everywhere. Like, oh, you know. Again, exactly how I want to be as the protagonist of the movie. Okay. Super. Yeah. Love a passive story. 
oh, it's just it's just the best. She's just <laughs> like yeah. But then, and this is and this is the biggest problem, really. In a game where you are given multiple choices, you obviously want to go back and see what your what happens if you do other things. Sure. Like, what if I go, you know, if instead of having lunch with this person, I go make perfume with this person. The, the most magical design. The Nonary Games games fixed yep. this a decade ago. They fixed it. Yeah. This one, however, you get to skip fuck all. Uh. You are playing that game completely from moment one to the credits hot garbage yeah it's hot garbage so uh so don't play this game (laughs) like pick it up for like two bucks if you're curious but otherwise just just don't even bother it's just so weird because all of these issues are like these are known bugs with Uh known fixes Mm -hmm. uh what was the name of wonderful british studio that was making video like live video based games a few years ago on playstation and they were really exciting there's the one where you're a guy who grew up in oh, the a bunker. bomb shelter. Yeah, was it Whales, and, Whales Interactive, right? Yeah, great. Yeah, they did like, one called Late Shift. Uh, that was which also, is also great. Yeah, well, yeah, but Late it's Shift like this. It's, you know, it's like again a game that came out two years ago. Uh huh. Does like it has a lot of the same problems, but it's also not. It didn't come out in 2019. It's it's very simple. It's very charming, and yep. it knows its limitations. This this game does not lo- know its limitations. That's that's the problem. It it thinks it's like ha ha. It's like mm. honey, you might have been half that if you came out five years ago. But guess what? Yeah, it's bad. So then, <laughs> so I so I go Strike from that. Him. So I go I go from telling lies to that. But then I play Man of Medan. Which is the next game from the folks who made Until Dawn. Ah! Now, this is a game that knows its place in the universe. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it understands what it is trying to achieve, and it nails it! Nice. It does That's not a huge ha- relief. Yeah, I mean, it's a B-movie. Like, let's, let, let's not That's pretend... That's Until Dawn was a B-movie. Exactly! It's not putting on airs. Yeah. It's just like, look, we want to try and kill these characters, and it's up to you. And by the way, it's go ship the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. So tell me, tell me the present. And the you, can kill, you can because kill Iceman, right? Because Iceman is in this. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh wait, Iceman is in Quantum Theory. Iceman. As in, yeah, you as couldn't as kill in. him in Quantum Break, but you can in this. You can uh, totally kill. And indeed, I did. Um, not on purpose, though. That was a total accident. Okay. So the premise is. Uh, five friends go on a diving trip, and they discover an unknown wreck. This is not this wreck has not been recorded, and it's a bomber plane from World War II. And they go down there, and they find a reference to Manchurian gold with a set oh, of coordinates. Damn. They come back up, and they're like, "Oh, this is cool. We should go to check this out." They go to sleep. Pirates take uh, commandeer their boat. They find that they find <laughs> Anthony is the, fist pumping right now. For it's those awesome. at home. <laughs> they find the reference to Manchurian gold. They're like, oh, so they're like, they're they take the boat, they take the the dive boat to the uh, coordinates where they find an abandoned freighter. At least it appears abandoned. They cl- it's clearly old. It's decrepit. It's you know, taking on a bit of water. Nineteenth century. 20th no, no, century. Modern. This is modern. All right. Modern. The freighter is from 1947. 
And they, when they get on board, something, a capital B, capital T bad thing has clearly happened to the crew. <laughs> Morpheus comes from Anthony. <laughs> and they start to see all sorts of weird shit. Tight, 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 tight. It's awesome. It's awesome. What is especially awesome about this is movie night mode. So there's five characters. So up to five people in couch co-op can play the game together. Oh, okay. So this works like their last game. Yeah. Where, like, if you have a smartphone... All right. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I just wasn't sure if they stuck with this premise. You can't do it with a phone. You can't do it with a phone? No, okay. you just pass the controller back and forth. It's one controller. Cool. Everybody... Picks a character, and if, if you don't have five people, that's fine. I played with my husband. He had three characters. I had two. And then when it's that character's turn, the game tells you, hey, it's your, you're up. And you just pass them the controller, and they play for that, that part of the chapter. And then when it's the next character's turn, you pass it to whoever the game tells you to. And it I, works I love that. I, so, okay, um... I'm going to go ahead and assume that you've finished uh, the twice, Man yes. of Medan. Yes. Uh, how long was it? Did you feel like you wanted to go back and do the alternate paths? Oh, because I think absolutely. all three of us yeah. played until dawn like five times each. Oh, I played that shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, I absolutely want to keep. Ch- uh, so, okay, so the, the how long it takes to to play. Depends on how quickly you kill people. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, but what what was really really cool the first time I played, I I killed Iceman like immediately, and when uh, my husband makes far better choices than I do, and the game is so much better when you you can see more of it, and apparently there's parts of it that you will only see if you're playing co-op. Oh so, wow! Yep, that's um, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But yeah, I, 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 you're probably looking in the neighborhood of three hours. Perfect, perfect, perfect yeah. length. Real I good. actually wanted Until Dawn to just be a teensy little bit a shorter. Little sh- yeah, just a well, little bit shorter. Well, the thing is, like, this is also it's a thirty dollar game, and they're positioning this as a part of an anthology series called the yes! Dark, the Dark Pictures. Yes. Cool. So they're good. Like they've already shown a trait. Like they're apparently, I guess when you beat it, there's a trailer for the second one. Yes. And, yes, there uh, is. Yeah. And um, what is that one? Did what is that one about? That one did, did looks. Uh, okay. Let me put it to you this way. So in the trailer, there's a guy wearing modern clothes, who is talking to a little girl, who looks like she's dressed up kind of like a pilgrim, and okay. she's showing him her little doll, and she says, I made it with my own hand. No. Yeah! No, that's so some Wicker like, Man shit. No. Nope. Right? That, that is some pure Wicker Man shit, and I'm here for it. That is due out next year. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, highly, 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 highly recommend Man of Medan. It's a hoot. Like, <laughs> I mean, the writing is ridiculous. The situation like, okay. oh, is absurd. Uh, all right, I need to ask about the writing. Yes. Because uh, I, I, I really love Supermassive Games. I mm-hmm. think they're really interesting. Mm-hmm. Their last game that was in their narrative style that they started... It's so funny. We're talking about like how playing Erica and telling lies is awful because it's so outdated. 
Until Dawn and Supermassive Games' whole sort of shtick is just like, hey, what if we made Quantic Dream games, but they weren't garbage? Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this is this is n- not a new format idea. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's very old at this point. But they're just great at it. Yep. Uh, but their last game, so they did another one for Sony mm-hmm. after uh, Until Dawn called Hidden Agenda. Yes. And Hidden Agenda, you can't like it. That's also multiplayer. And people can play, like, if you have three people with phones, they can sort of try to, like, commit skullduggery in this mystery game. And the problem was Hidden Agenda was bad. Like, mm. the, the writing was corny in a way that was unappealing. Mm. And it had none of, like, that, that sort of uh, sense of fun that made Until Dawn so pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And, like, as soon as Man of Medan was announced, I was like, oh, God, please, like, let the sophomore slump be over. Like, like, be back there. So the writing's up to. Oh, it's until it's, dawn, it's until little... dawn. Oh yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. Like this is a B movie. Like this yeah. is a horror movie. That is where the writing is. I mean, you know, like Iceman is is this ridiculous douche. <laughs> He's just <laughs> such a dick. And, you know, and the characters are like, why can we just kill all of, although it's, it's really, really funny. On my playthrough, they were all actually pretty decent people. Like, I didn't huh. hate any of them. And then when I played with my husband, I'm like, let's just kill all of them. They're all terrible. Like the one, the, uh, the Jessica, Jessica? No, Julia, Julia. Uh, the, the, not, the not captain. The, the one of the friend, the Iceman's sister. Uh, entitled bitch, just <laughs> awful. She, I'm like, I am going to kill you as soon as I possibly can. You're a horrible human being. But it's, I, it's, it is doing exactly what it intends to do, which is give you that Halloween party vibe. With uh, un- which until dawn did so extremely well. Yeah. Although uh, they're not playing teenagers, which is kind of a bummer. So they <laughs> all look age appropriate. Yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I love it. I I think it's really just incredibly well done, and uh, I, I you know it's a perfect thing to play at Halloween with your friends. I'm so excited that Bandai Namco is doing this. Like that they're giving them this leash. It's kind of nice to see Namco uh, throwing throwing some of their resources at teams that are being experimental again, because there was a long period of time there where Namco was just like, we got that Dark Souls money, dogs, mm. and all we're going to do with it is make Dragon Ball games yeah, hope you like days. the <laughs> hope, you, hope you like One Piece, schmucks. Uh, and so now they're making games again, and that's great. Hey, let's talk more about Iceman. <laughs> um, let's talk about Iceman and the fact that Iceman keeps trying to make games happen and nobody likes you in games, Iceman. Uh, Iceman was the star of Remedy's last game, Quantum... Quantum Break. Break? Quantum, Quantum yeah. Break. Yes. 
Uh, Dominic Monaghan from Lost and mm-hmm. Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. And, and Agent a- Broyles! Agent Broyles Agent Bro- from and apparently Love the, Agent Broyles. The woman in that game, uh, forget her name. Ba, 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 ba. Anyway, the, the the woman from Quantum Break plays the main character of oh, the next that's game. Cool. That, yeah, uh, which I literally just realized. Wait, what? Oh. Yeah, uh, the, what's her oh, fate? The, uh, bu- bu- okay, bu- bu- the woman from Quantum Break is is the main character of Courtney Control. Hope, yes, who okay. was uh, the actress who plays Beth Wilder. Again, a name that like completely disappeared from my brain the moment I finished that game. Yeah, that's uh, appropriate. Is, is Jesse Faden in Control. She's awesome. This game is awesome. This is Susan <laughs> the video game. Like, I'm playing it, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you, like... If if Man of Medan didn't work out, like you needed to get on this. So the game the game starts. You walk in to this like New York brutalist uh, architecture building. Like it's something straight out of like like a like a nineteen sixties government spy movie. Like it's It's where everybody lives in equilibrium. Yeah. Like just like nice. hard hard angles, concrete, just faceless government bureaucracy no one's fucking there you're like okay well i'm i'm here i need to be here and again like the game doesn't tell you why you need to be here it slowly like spools things out it's very alienating in that way which uh we'll, i'll get to in a minute but so should we put a should we put a spoiler what? warning here dave should i'm just gonna talk like very briefly about the intro moments of the game okay okay uh so you walk in federal bureau of control and you're like, okay, well, uh, I'm here to find my brother. Uh, where the hell is the director? You go to the director's office right before you walk inside, bang. Gunshot. Director's dead. What? You pick up a gun, which is this shape-shifting weapon called the Service Weapon, capital S, capital W. That comes up a lot. Lots of like capital letters on normal things. Uh, and the gun basically chooses you to be the next director. What? And everyone talks to, about you as if you've always been the director, as if this is just a normal thing that happens at Control. Portraits, where the director's face is, has your photo in it. Inexplicably. Um, so what ends up happening is you actually do find other people, uh, and you discover that most of the people who have not been wearing the special, like, uh, Hedron Resonance Array, I believe they call it. It's just like this metal chest plate that they all wear. Uh, has been uh, overtaken by this enemy known as the Hiss. Which ah, is love it. Yeah, which is the, the, like this shape-shifting uh, sort of enemy that has taken over all of the guards and also is like this uh, like non-corporeal beings that you start fighting. And as you delve deeper into control, you start to learn that this this government organization deals in like paranormal stuff but not like ghosts like stuff from like Jungian psychology alternate dimensions like the idea oh, like archetypes and shit yeah like 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 the, one of the first notes that you that you come across is like don't bring in any pens don't bring any scissors don't bring a smartphone don't bring anything smart don't bring in any archetypal items such as a ketchup bottle or a what? desk lamp that because the idea is that these archetypal items uh, can be imbued with power. There are okay, objects. I, of... I clearly don't know what an archetypal item is. So, All so, right, so uh, yeah, I, I, in Jungian tradition, an archetype is 
something fundamental that's repeated through history. Think of a boat anchor. Uh, like, okay. what does that look like to you? Not yeah, all boat anchors look like that, but they do in this archetypal idea of what a boat okay. anchor looks like. Okay. Right, right. Okay, okay. But that's okay. that's the idea. And so, like, like a pink flamingo, like the little pink flamingos you see, mm-hmm. um, like on on lawns, like they don't they don't all look the same. But in your head, it's this archetype yep. of what a pink flamingo looks like. And okay. in this game, they find objects that. Uh, get haunted basically by like altered dimensional beings they'll just find like um like the, like a pink flamingo thing that uh will just send people like the, one of the first things that you find is a floppy disk like an old 1980s ass floppy disk that had the Big russian square. yeah the russian nuclear codes on it right sure. so you, you go and you find it and you end up you have like special powers you end up transporting into this alternate universe and once you clear this area very astral chain in that way Anthony where Mm. you're like going to this alternate plane uh, once you clear the object you absorb its power which allows you to fling objects with your mind so now you're running around this building shooting people with the gun and time out throw things with your mind uh, are we talking second sight? Are we talking uh, advent rising? Like yeah, of- like a like mm. a second sighty kind of like psyopsian. It's very psyops. It's very psyops. Okay, yeah, all right. That's that's what we're looking for. Um, that's the point of reference. But yeah, so so all of this is couched in a game that almost plays like a Metroid game. It's very light in that aspect. Mostly, you're just like you'll get an item of which there are only a couple, uh, like about a half dozen. And key cards that will unlock areas uh, in parts of the building that you've already explored. And your goal is to try to eradicate the hiss and find your brother who is locked somewhere in this building. But the thing is, is rather than gate... Like, there are powers that are gated behind these new areas that you have access to. But sometimes, it's just a little bit of lore. It's like like Dr. Darling, who is incredible. He's played by the guy who uh, played Alan Wake in Alan Wake... Oh. Uh, yeah, he's a scientist that is just super hammy and, like, loves to mug for the camera. And he talks about, like, these objects of power, or oops, as I like to call them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, like, super cheesy and, like, but in a way that, like, it's, like, winking and nodding that, like, all of this is silly. But it's still, like, kind of alienating, which helps the mood of the game feel like, like, there's just, it just feels weird. Which is great, because the whole game, like, the whole point of it is that you're supposed to be in this, like, weird thing where, like, the normal isn't. Uh, what difficulty like, are you playing on it? It's the, or- there's no, it's, I think it's like a lot of Remedy's other games where there's only one difficulty and it adapts. It is a mm-hmm. little hard uh, in that it doesn't really checkpoint when you die. So, like, if you complete progress on an objective, it saves that. But when you die, you load at the last, like, control point. Kind of like, to, to put it in Dark Souls terms, kind of like a bonfire. Okay. So, like, like if you die to boss, you have to kind of hoof it back to the boss, which is a bit annoying. Um, but, like, what I was saying, saying earlier, like, the real rewards for this game, uh, for exploring, is just all of the lore. Like, when you first get into this, uh, the, the central command area... There's this giant fucking black pyramid that you can talk to through an sure. evil telephone that is 
speaks to you like a fucking dial-up modem. It's incredible. Uh, you'll see a room that's locked off with like a level four key card, and there's a like a bunch of post-it notes on the wall. You're like, that's weird. Once you finally get the level four key card, you can finally go in there. All of the walls are pasted with post-it notes, and the only thing that you find in there is like a single uh, treasure chest thing that gives you like an upgrade. And a note that says, so this one post-it note that I have uh, multiplied itself and has covered my entire office, I'm going to work from home until this gets resolved. Bye. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, like, the game is just, it's just full of, like, stuff like that, of, like, normal people dealing with, like, the bureaucracy of a government organization while also, uh, you know... I have to stare at a fridge, or it does bad things to me if I look away. All right, this isn't the Susanist game of all time. This is the Davis game. Yeah, it's like like of the thing time. is, I want to say like it's it's very X Filesy and almost it's almost Twin Peaksian, but it's not. It sounds like Fringe. It's not. Like, it sounds yeah, like it's, it's Fringe. fringe. It it's like, like it fringe. walks that yeah. line between like being just obtuse enough to make you go like, oh, something weird's going on in here, but there's enough like grounding to it that you never feel like you've completely lost your footing um even when the game like goes off the the deep end and starts messing with your head um i just man it's it's technically like if you have a base like level console i don't know wait for a patch like even yeah, on really? I, I have i have a ps4 pro and like there are parts where like when you're fighting a couple dozen dudes and like flinging stuff around with your mind like even I started getting frame rates in the tens. Whoa! Um, yeah. So it is like Advent Rising. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, uh, it just it, it it feels like the culmination of everything that they've been trying to do since Max Payne. I want I want you to thread that needle for me because yeah. there's Max Payne. Yeah. Which had a lot of storytelling ambitions. Yeah. Didn't really achieve those, but it was super fun to play. Yeah. And then you have Alan Wake. Which really sort of achieved all its storytelling ambitions, but wasn't much fun to play. Yeah. Oh, and then the, hard disagree there, but carry oh, on. Uh, all right, all right. I like. It feels like they've always come close to what they were trying to do. It, it's yeah. always felt like every single time their ambitions exceeded their grasp in just a little way. Like Quantum Break was just like like in their attempt to make both a big TV show and a good action game, mm. they ended up just making, like, uh, NCIS, the show and the game, with magic. Like, that was... <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't really it was. good at either of those. At either uh. of them. And, like, it sounds like Sam Lake... It sounds like Sam Lake finally did what he's been trying to do for 20 years. Yeah, like, the gunplay is still not especially satisfying like it, it gets better as you get used to it's just it's kind of floaty there's no like lock would it be on better if enemies. there was no gunplay if there was no gunplay probably the thing is it's like you start out with only the gun and that's easily like the weakest part of the gameplay even as it's like immediately hitting you with like the the coolest vibes uh but once you get that telekinesis power, your gun basically just becomes something that like can keep enemies at bay while you're throwing shit at them, well, or while you're waiting for for your powers to charge. Um, and you get some uh, you get some other cool powers as well, and you can upgrade them. There's a skill tree. Um, but yeah, like as far as m this idea of like melding 
weird TV and like action gameplay. I, I it, it has to be like the, the most successful they've gotten at it. They're the 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 way that it blends like FMV and in-game cutscenes and uh wait, there's live action in this? Oh yeah. Really? Like, yeah, like yeah, you see like you, there are videos throughout where you see like scientists talking to you, like the Dr. Darling especially. Um also the the director also talks to you from beyond the grave. Uh, and he's sure. voiced by uh, the guy who voiced Max Payne. Uh, so the, yeah, they're they're like it's it's both a success like the 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 sort of the the height of what Remedy has been trying to do for years, but also like a love letter to it's like weird universe that it's created for itself. Hmm. Um, like is it, Iceman in it? Is Iceman in it? Like, no, Iceman is not in it. Like Quantum Break. According to this game, does not exist. Oh. Alan Wake, however, Alan yes. Wake does exist. I of will it does. leave it at that. Nice, yes. um, nice. But yeah, no, Susan, play this game. So, like especially if you like if you liked Alan Wake and what it was trying to do, this does that, but better. Interesting. Okay. I feel bad that I'm like I have. We're in. We're in the season now. Yeah. And in the season, I start doing a thing where I'm like, what's going on the buy two, get one list? Yeah. Like, I always wait for the week after Christmas. That's when you want that, that, that glorious moment of Target being like, just get them out. Get them out. Nobody bought these video games. Get them out of here. <laughs> Gotta move product. Get them out. <laughs> and then I can swoop in and be like, give me them triple A's for $20 a pop. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Sound I'm like a monopoly yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Oh, man, it's... Yeah, God, games are man. happening, man. Games it's... are happening. That's three games from all three of us. When was the last time there were three new games from all three of us that were... Oh, God. Brand new, like not part of a series, and all kick-ass and all things everybody should play. I don't think that's ever happened on this show. I don't. I don't know. Like... It's usually like me talking about some awful sequel, Dave talking about some anime bullshit, and Susan <laughs> talking about some mobile nonsense from somebody that's already put five games out this year. This is yeah. It's a this is a different week, everybody. Uh, Dave, who made this happen? Yes. And why do we love them? Uh, we love them. You know, I'm, we love them because we love them. I'm, I was going to say we love them yeah. because they give us the money. Because which is also true, <laughs> but. I mean, we love all of you regardless, um, but we do have a special section in our, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash continue podcast, where um, if you donate at the $10 level, we give you a special shout out on the show, which I'm going to do right now. Uh, we're going to give special shout outs to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Pete, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, And Bridget thanks you. Yeah, Bridget thanks you as well. I really hope that the I had Mario Paint on soothing music mode this entire time, and I'm really hoping that's bled through my Aww, audio I, file. I can't hear it. Aww. Just a little bit this, this entire time. Uh, that's that's for you, backers. 
Uh, every single person that backs this show, it really means an enormous amount to us. And as we say every episode, if you cannot back the show, God knows that we understand that. Share the show with everybody. If you can spare a dollar, it actually makes an impact in our lives. If you can't, just get other people listening, because that's what's going to help us more than anything. Uh, leave a review on iTunes, and leave a review on Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter, at ContinuePod. You can go to our website, ContinuePod.com. Dave, I wanted to just give a thank you to you on the show. Like, Dave takes care of our website and our yep. episode descriptions. Oh, thank you. Yep. And you, you do such a goddamn good job, man. Absolutely uh, true. Like, yesterday... Uh, people sort of got into a conversation in our Discord about previous episodes, and I was uh, helping my wife teach a class at, 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 a, at a community college, and I wanted to comment so bad, people talking about past episodes, uh, and it got me going back and just reading episode descriptions, and I was like, Jesus, Dave knocks us out of the park every <laughs> single time. It makes me really happy. So thank you, man, for... Yeah doing that glad to do it rules yeah uh dave where can people find you you can find me on twitter uh at david robots that's where i i don't know that's my little corner of the internet that's the corner so i put up a little chair and i sit backwards in it like (laughs) uh like a cool guy you start whittling yeah uh espousing life lessons like secret knowledge uh susan where can the people find you uh, you can uh, find me also on Twitter at Susan Arndt, which is my name. There you go. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at a John Agnello. And uh, while I do not have a permanent home on the internet yet, uh, I would encourage everybody listening to go to theringer.com if you have not already and read my first big feature for them, which is the oral history of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Because that game is old, and I talked to a lot of people about it. And uh, that was an enormously fun feature to make. It was, so, it was yeah, a fun feature to read. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, last week, that got crazy. It got really weird. Yeah, whatever. A guy with 5 million Twitter followers tweeted it. Who cares? Whatever. It's fine. 6.8. It was <laughs> wait, wait, who, who oh retweeted it? People, a lot of people read The Ringer. <laughs> we'll put it, yeah. We'll put, yeah. It, we'll put it this way. A lot of people read it. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I am I am so incredibly happy for you, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. You deserve uh, it. All right, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.